Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. Very excited about today's episode. We got another phenomenal guest on the podcast. And before we get into introducing our guests, just a quick reminder, please share this episode with two to three people that needs to hear this conversation or needs to hear the Latin Wealth Podcast. And with that being said, our guest for today is a Houston-based entrepreneur, engineer, and brand builder. He is founder and CEO of Grind Basketball, which they have created the first portable basketball shooting machine. And he's also appeared in on some extremely popular shows like Shark Tank, and was recently added to Forbes 30 under 30 list in the sports category. Welcome to the podcast, Thomas Field. What's going on, bro? Man, appreciate you having me. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, how you doing today, bro? How you living? I'm good, man. I'm blessed. You know, family's good. Excited to be here mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, uh, building, building, you know, wealth, mm-hmm. generational wealth. Yeah. I've seen so. Yeah, man. I'm doing well. hundred percent. So we're, we're going to get into your story and your brand and the products and all that. And before we do that, you know, you're a Hooper. So I got to know growing up, who was your favorite team, your favorite basketball player? Like, who did you look up to? Who did you model your game after? So, man, I'm an old soul. Uh, I, I loved, uh, I was like, I started hooping when I was like seven, but I think my my modern player that was hooping at the time was uh, Allen Iverson. Yeah, so I had hair, yeah. I had braids, and everything. So AI was my guy. Um, after AI, it was it was like Larry Bird, mm. Magic Johnson. Okay, throwback. Yeah, I was always watching. Like before school, I was going to middle school at the time, and like before school, I'd eat breakfast and watch like NBA classics. Mm. Like, yeah, three years yeah, ago. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And basic cable, I was like, yeah, I was glued to it. So I was like constantly uh, uh, studying Magic Johnson. Uh, who else? Uh, Larry Bird, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. I like guards. I like like creative players. Mm-hmm. So if I noticed that somebody was like really great at what they did, so like Magic was like amazing mm-hmm. passer, and the Bird was just like shoot the shit out the ball. Mm-hmm. I just love the fact that they just went so deep into it. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, I don't know, I just liked it. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy to see how far the game is involved. Yeah. Evolved. It's completely different. It's like, yeah. I be feeling like an old head when I'm like, I remember when I was young watching Kobe AI, and it's completely different now. But yeah, me growing up, it was Kobe all day. That's who I studied. That's who I wanted to be like. You being from Houston, also loved Steve Francis and T-Mac. He was tough. Yeah. He was tough. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I did like those guys. But yeah, man, I don't know why, like, my best friend, he loved Kobe. And I don't know, I just never gravitated to Kobe because I wasn't, like, I couldn't see myself becoming 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. Got you. It's like, AI is my guy. Yeah. You know, but I want to take how to shoot for birds. Mm-hmm. And that's like magic, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I'm, like, studying how Isaiah Thomas, like, worked the floor. For sure, for sure. No, I love that. Yeah. So uh, you said you, you mentioned you, you started playing basketball when you were around seven years old. Talk to us about your background, you growing up in Houston, and your, your journey into where you're at today. Yeah, man. I mean, I grew up on the north side of Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, family never came from, like, big means mm-hmm. always like a working class lower working class family um 
you know, basically grew up on North Main on my grandma. I was just riding bikes with my cousin and going to the store and just, you know, kind of kids in the hood, just like, you know, trying to trying to make it out. Mm-hmm. You know and so it was a very humble beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I kind of fell in love with basketball when I was seven. I remember being at grandma, I was just trying to like mm-hmm. between my legs and yep, stuff like yep. that. And finally got it. And then I made the team at, at school. And then I, I, I was always trying to like overachieve for some reason. So I tried out for like the eighth grade team when I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And then I would study like those players that I was talking about, mm-hmm. like what did Magic do, right? And I knew Magic was like playing for the high school team in eighth grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one of those old school players was like, that was their story. So I was like, man, let me try to, I was always like researching their stories, right? I was always like a story oriented person, mm-hmm. even when I was little. So like, I was always trying to like craft my story. Interesting. When I was little. Yeah, was yeah. pretty wild. Um, and yeah, man, I, I ended up playing on the eighth grade team in the seventh grade. I was doing really good. Then eighth grade year, playing with eighth graders, I hit 40 points. So mm. I was like, oh shit, like, um, try to hit varsity yeah, freshman year. Yeah, yeah. I hit varsity freshman year. Uh, and man, from from that point, I was just like, let me let me try to make it to the NBA. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I don't care if I'm only like 5'10, 5'11, like, I'm going to just, I'm going to shoot for it. And, uh, yeah, man, like, I think I was started becoming ranked and I was pretty good in, in the city of Houston. Um, you know, I was top 100, top 50, top 25 in, in the city of Houston in my mm-hmm. class. And then 10th grade year, I tear my ACL playing, mm-hmm. playing on my, yeah, you know, second game of the season, 10th grade year, I tear my ACL. And I was just like, dang, like, you know, uh, all that time, all that work, you know, uh, just basically came to a halt. So it it, it was, it sucked. Um, and then I think at that point, just being in love with the game, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was kind of devastated that I couldn't hoop anymore. And at, at that, at that time, ACL tears were, were like, Kind of looked at as like career ending. Career ending, yeah, for sure. You tear Especially you. like in high school when you may not have the, the medicine, the doctors and all that, the trainers to get you back. Yeah. It could you, be only had no for sure. Yeah, we we didn't have no doctors or like we I obviously went and got surgery and stuff, but like I didn't have like specific, you know, okay, do this, you know, three times a day mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I had rehab on my knee to get walking again, but optimizing my performance was not a thing. Mm. Um, or it was just extremely expensive. Then I just did the free trial, like one day thing. And that was it. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. So, um, and it always stuck out to me. It was like, damn, like I really want to make it, but we don't have the money to like get the best of the best mm-hmm. performance and the training and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, man, it was really, it was really devastating, uh, for me mentally and physically, emotionally. So I just went crazy when they're on rehab. Like I just went dumb. I was like doing a thousand pushups or something. Mm, wow. Every day. Wow. You know, staying up five o'clock in the morning. Like I was working out at like ten at at night and then I'd like take a nap and then wake up at two o'clock in the morning and work out and, you know, try to wake up at five or six and work out. I was just it it was not like healthy. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. I came back swole and I was good. 
and better than ever started dunking actually and then i came down from a dunk wrong and tore my other acl mm, wow i was junior year then from there i mean rushed my my rehab and took tore my acl like two more times mm-hmm. before graduated high school so mm-hmm. um i mean throughout the whole time my school had bought a shooting machine and um our, our, we had a new coach at high school and and he had raised money to to purchase a machine and uh yeah he never let me use it like i was up at the gym five o'clock in the morning and he's like late he's like ah, sorry i'm not gonna make it or whatever mm-hmm. so i just never had access to the shooting machine like i wanted to um i i really felt like there was no companies out there trying to solve my problem like yo this kid that doesn't come from a lot of like money doesn't have a lot of resources yeah, but yeah. like you know, there's these things that exist that could help them, but, you know, no companies like really trying to push it in that direction because they don't see opportunities mm. or, you know, market or whatever. Right. So I, I, I want to change that. Right. I want to build like a company. Like imagine if Nike uh, was from the hood and trying to create products for kids like me. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I want to do. 100%. And I'm going to call it ground. So that's, that's where I start. No, I love that. And so, Listening to your story a couple of different times, reading about you and whatnot, when I heard that you, you said it was three times you tore your ACL? Four. Four? Yeah, so I tore the ACL like three times or two times, and then the other two were like meniscus, but yeah. like four surgeries overall. So when I heard that, and to see where you're at now, it's just like, it's incredible. I don't know if you're spiritualizing, but when I seen that, I was just like, man, God's redirection for your life can just need protection for you absolutely and we don't realize that in the moment we're like yo what's going on i'm trying to hoop this is what i want to go on but like he got a bigger plan for you he got a way bigger plan for you and i I absolutely love what you're doing because growing up people of color boys of color like our 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 way of getting out is hooping yeah or sports sports yeah or and if you want to get into entertainment or something like that but for me it was the same thing and if you don't make it as a hooper professionally, what's next? A trainer. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's not any nod to that, but those are like the two routes yeah. as as an athlete, right? Um, but we we never take a step outside of that and think about, okay, well, there's products out there, there's basketballs, there's shooting sleeves, there's different things that we use on the court. How can we can create these products, right? And not only that, but like as I got, as I've gotten older and met just people that come from like completely different neighborhoods and completely different worlds from from me, uh, like they grow up understanding what uh, being a banker needs. Mm, talking about it, yeah. they know that what hundred percent was. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I wasn't introduced to that, uh, or being an engineer. Mm. Like oh god, I, I know what that means. Like a petroleum engineer or a mechanical engineer, yeah. electrical software engineer like we just don't grow up like understanding no because our parents don't understand and their parents didn't understand that and that's not what they are comfortable with not what they do so you know that inherently comes down to the kids and it's like oh we're just not introduced to that 100 so it is what it is Uh, it's funny that you said that because when i was the first time i I understood and knew what the word entrepreneur man was like when i was 20 or like 21 i never knew what it was until but you got to be exposed to it you know yeah read about it you know i'm saying or like some type of exposure absolutely and i think that like i want to use my platform or entrepreneurship kind of route 
to um almost use it as like a like a platform mm-hmm. that like skills uh opportunity yeah right so if you think about like one opportunity right like what i'm trying to build is like how can i scale opportunities for kids right at, at scale mm-hmm. like worldwide right so uh, like creating a brand that first they trust and feel like it's authentic and speaks to them and is dope right that they want to be a part of uh and then second is like introducing them to stem mm-hmm. engineering science technology in a dope way mm-hmm. Uh, is is kind of is kind of like the second step, and then the third step is like, all right, how did how did they get, actually get into this thing? Mm. And I think like we'll talk about it later, but like grind day is kind of like a perfect yeah yeah we'll get into it to that for sure. Um, going back to the story, man, like yeah, talk, talk to me about grind because I know the the shooting machine that thing is like gold, but if you see one of those at your gym, you're like this this could you know what I'm saying really help me out a lot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like again, I didn't have access to that gym. My coach never let me in the gym five five in the morning. So at the end of the day, I was just like, "Where's the company designing products like mm-hmm. you know for for kids like me that's affordable and accessible?" Right? Like, I didn't have a home court in the backyard, but I had the park that I was always going to. Mm. So if I had a shooting machine, I would want to like just put it in my backpack, yeah, like, set it up there, and just go anywhere with it. Right? Go to my grandma's house and hoop and go to the park and hoop and go to the 24-hour fitness and hoop, go to school and hoop, just take it anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the concept behind the 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 first product. So I came out and went in my parents' garage and I was like, it's the first portable, affordable shooting machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be our flagship product as a brand. Um, and uh, yeah, I went in my parents' garage, called my boy Zay. He was going to welding school at the time. I was like, yo, Zay, I need your help. You know, weld this 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 metal together, and he came after work, and you know, he started teaching me how to weld. Talk to us about these prototypes, because you mentioned that you went through hundreds and hundreds. I mean, how do you even begin to start building something like this? And talk to us about these different prototypes. Where some of them, like at some point, did you feel like, oh, I almost have it, and then it just turns left? Or like, talk to us about that. I mean, I think like the the the. The African American and Latino community, mm. they understand like this is a part of us. Like we build shit all the time. Hundred percent. Like we'll build build a chair or something mm-hmm. just out of necessity because mm. we don't have it. We don't have it. So we'll just build some shit, and if it's not perfect, then we just fix it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's ugly, and it's a you know prototype, whatever you want to call it. But it works. But it works. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And we just we're 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 naturally. Uh, we have that ingenuity in us mm-hmm. and, and that creativity to build things and whether it's with food and experiment, you know, it's the same thing. It's like throwing stuff in there and figuring it out and yeah. tasting it and trying it again. Uh, and I got that from my mom. I got that from my dad. Just my dad was a music producer and just seeing you know, how create art beats yeah. and all kinds of stuff and create. That was a part of me. Uh, seeing my mom just like work on the house all all the time and work on the yard and mm-hmm. stuff like like it's just a part of me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that that iteration was just in my blood. Mm. Um, so whenever I had my sights set on this product, it was just like, all right, let me just do what we do, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like start, you know, try to do something, but it, it ends up like, all right, that don't work. Let's scrap it. You know, let's cannibalize this and. 
you know, redo it. And it just, just kept going. Mm. I turned on my music and just locked it on. Yeah. And fucking out there for hours. Go through a couple prototypes a day. And yeah, you look up and I'm like, God damn, I went through 200, 300 prototypes. That's crazy. So talk to us about the final prototype. When you looked at it, you're like, okay, this is the one. How did you know that was the one? Um, and how did you feel? What was that moment? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the day, man. Because uh, I'm thinking, like, I, I'm picturing you in, uh, you, I don't know if you've seen Iron Man, but the first one, when he making the, the Iron Man suit, you trying to figure that out? Like, that's how I'm picturing you. But I was just wearing basketball shorts and slides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I remember, um, like, God put together goals, and I did a lot of reading, so I was, like, trying to be, you know, very, you know, scientific mm -hmm. and business minded with it and structured with it as much as I could. Uh, so I was like, all right, milestone number one is just get it passing, right? Mm -hmm. Pass the ball to the three point line or shit, the free throw line mm -hmm. first. <laughs> Let's get it there. And, uh, that was like milestone number one. So we iterate, 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 um, until we got there. And I remember whenever, uh, it was me and two of two of our other engineers, one of our first engineers with us. And uh yeah, man, we uh I think we pressed the button and you know, we had two actuators at the time. Mm -hmm. It was like a trebuchet kinda uh mechanism. Mm -hmm. Put the ball there and it and it passed the ball and yeah. we're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you took pictures and video and all that stuff, but uh it was a uh, it was a cool moment. Mm -hmm. I think we had lunch that day. It was just like, I, <laughs> we gotta enjoy this. Yeah, let's just go get some cakes. Or yeah, go get some food, tacos, or something. Yeah, it's just like man, we finally got it. Yeah, and uh, at the time we're in a, uh, a it was a free uh, startup accelerator. It was my first one. Uh, it was at U of H, okay. and we had a pitch competition. So I would go up there, pitch, and like five hundred people in the audience. Uh, but we out really wanted the prototype that was working. And yeah, that was, it was like right before the show when we got it. Mm. Got pass it. So I know you brought up Keynes. I know at this time you were working like three different jobs to fund this thing and get it going and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I worked, uh, at a car wash and it was, it was like a, uh, a, a graveyard shift. So I would clock in at like 8 PM. Uh, it was my cousin, my cousin put me on shout out Nick, uh, yeah, we'd go in the car wash when the car wash closed, and we'd go in the trench of the car car wash mm. and shovel out all the mud. Mm. Uh, I worked at Canes during the day, uh, YMCA in the for the morning shift. So I had just like, just to fund your dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So no, I mean, it, it was just at first it was YMCA in the morning, and then grind, and then I had to get another job. So it was YMCA, Canes, and then grind. Uh, then I think I quit one of them. I think I quit the YMCA and Canes at that time and then had this, the car wash job to the paid more than proof. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was fun to grind. So it was just like, man, everything was like, that was the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm on milestone number three at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, shit, whatever I got to do to get that milestone. Yeah, done. keep going. Yeah, just keep yeah. going. So. so you got the final prototype. You guys go to Canes, you celebrate a little bit. What's next? Like, what's? How, did you have a plan after that, or were you just focused on building 
a solid product, what was next? Well, the idea is always to build, like, sell the product. For sure. Right? Like, and, and the milestone one was get it passed, and milestone two is finish the whole product, right? Milestone three is actually launch the thing, mm-hmm. sell it. But once you do start selling it, now you got to produce them. Mm-hmm. Now you got to find a manufacturer. Now you got to uh, make sure you have uh, customer support set up and so you can service all these customers. Um, you got to figure out warehousing and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out the software piece. You got to figure out every funding is almost endless amounts of things For that sure. you do to like that that big goal that you have as like a, a business or you know company entrepreneur whatever um it's almost never ending yeah and as you're going through this process of like never ending tasks of things you got to do how are you feeling is it like exciting is it daunting or is it how are you feeling in this process um i think it's definitely like you know my boy he's always we always we, we talk a lot and uh he's our trainer at grind and I always tell them that like I never get high, and I never get too low. I'm always kind of like in the middle, neutral, yeah, neutral, yeah, yeah. No matter what happens, if we're on Shark Tank, I'm just like mm. maybe I get a little, you know, yeah, yeah. But I'm I never deviate from like right here. I'm never like this. Mm-hmm. This is my personality. So if something amazing happens, I'm still. I'm, maybe I'm up here, right? Maybe I'm like right here, and we go out to eat or something. Mm-hmm. But like never like head over heels mm. like blindly happy you know mm. and i know some shit can easily yeah. hit the bottom and it, to me it's all about staying grounded and and like hitting hitting that like generational wealth mm. you know building something for my my son and my son's sons and my future kids and my mom and dad and, mm. you know just you know wealth that's undeniable mm. right like Kind of, kind of what we all dream of. So uh, until I hit that, it, and maybe even whenever I hit that, I'm still not going to be like yeah, way up there. For sure. Uh, but I think the feelings are always up and down. Like some some days are better than most, like Big Chris said, you know? And it's just, you got to like, you know, regulate your emotions and, you know, stay persistent and stay dedicated. But, um, yeah, some days yeah. were great. Some days were bad. Some days I was frustrated. Some days I was happy. Some days I felt accomplished. Some days I felt mm. defeated. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you wake up again and keep going. Yeah, you know, and just no, that's, that's it. That's very inspiring. And I know in the midst of all you being persistent, you grinding, you working on your craft and whatnot. Um, if I'm not mistaken, your wife applied for you to be on Shark Tank. You brought up Shark Tank earlier. Talk to us about that process and that journey of, of being on Shark Tank where your your episode was aired and whatnot. I'm curious to know about that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah now, nah, uh, so while I was in the garage working, she would come over, girlfriend, obviously, right? And yeah, she applied uh, to Shark Tank behind my back. Didn't tell me. Oh, she was your girlfriend at the time? Yeah. I mean, she was, she was a winner. <laughs> she, <laughs> so she applied to Shark Tank uh, and never told me anything. And then you know, maybe a year goes by or so, and you know, she's like, "Hey, check your email. You got a mm. Shark Tank?" Or she was like, "Did you see it?" And I was like, "What would you tell about?" She's like, "Shark Tank." <laughs> I was like, "What? How did how did I find out about it?" She's like, "I applied like a, a long time ago. I honestly forgot." That's until- crazy! Wow, that's crazy. So I'm going through the process of like interviewing, and you know, we're still trying to like 
get ready for launch. I think at that point we launched, mm-hmm. so we're scrambling to like produce units. Yeah. So we're like and have something. Yeah. 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 Like trying to get two hundred parts from manufacturers, and we're at this point we're assembling them ourselves in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was chaos, man. Uh, so I, I went through the interview process and yeah, thankfully after seven interviews, I, I get a seven interview. Yeah. It's like a six, seven interview process. And then they, they're like, all right, cool. You're in, we're going to fly you out to LA or Vegas at the time. It was Vegas as the middle of 2020. So like quarantine with like full effect, you know, COVID was uh, a thing and, um, I had to quarantine for two weeks in Vegas and go out and bitch. Mm. So Damn, that's yeah, crazy. Uh, get ready, man. And uh, thankfully, honestly, I, I think those two weeks and, and like during quarantine were like that was my your time to lock in. Yeah, my time to lock in. Yeah, I had nobody, I no distraction. The room, yeah, it's like a suite like this. Not I was big. Like writing all my pitches on the wall, mm. and so like I had panels of of windows, and what I would do was I would write my introduction on this window my the middle of the pitch on on this these windows and then the closing part of the pitch on mm-hmm. this window right and then i would just walk around the room and recite them mm. and visualizing yeah me- mentally i was here in the intro mentally in the middle of the pitch i was here and then during the closing i'm in the kitchen or something right mm. so like whenever i'm on stage or like pitching to the sharks i'm like I, i'm over here by the door saying the intro Right, I'm over here in the living room. I'm saying, you know, yeah, it's crazy. And then by the, I'm now by the kitchen. Let's finish this yeah. stuff, and then make go to work. Right, yeah. and then in the restroom, I had like all the the frequently asked questions mm-hmm. in my head, and like it, it was just you had to know everything yeah. about the company. And that room was literally like all the information of grind. It's pretty cool. Wow, uh, but That's like crazy. Whenever I went 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 on Shark Tank, it was, I was like, "All right, it's all in my head. Mm-hmm. And just go out there and pitch." How long was that whole process? I know when we watched the, the episode, it's probably like 10, 11 minutes or so. How long were you actually in there for? Um, about forty five minutes to fifty minutes. Yes. Yeah, so you was in there going. Yeah. And I know you were saying that it, it's not scripted. It's not made up. This is like the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said you went through seven interviews and probably making sure that you're legit and whatnot and yeah. that you're ready. And you're in there, you're talking to Mark Cuban, I think Hey Rod was on there, a couple other people. When you oh, when you walk through them doors, talk to us about how you were feeling and like, you know what I'm saying? Was there any type of rehearsal before that? It's just like, no, just walk through the doors and go? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do a walk through and okay. this is the X that you stand on. Okay. And you see the room, but that's like 10 yeah. minutes before the actual thing. So, Are you, did you meet anybody beforehand? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I mean the executive, right, right, right. But nobody, none of the sharks. No, but um, it's like playing like like hooping. Like I remember we played uh, Yates when they won back to back championships. They're blowing people out by like a hundred points. Damn On radio, like ninety seven nine. The box would be like, "Yo, Yates is blowing everybody out. Is this ethical?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had to play him. Mm. Uh, Yates and uh, I'm a freshman. Mm. So I'm a freshman of varsity playing the two times. They were the Sharks. They were the Sharks, yeah. Mm. And yeah, I went out there and I had my little 12, 15 points. Mm-hmm. I did great as a freshman. Uh, we lost by like six, seven points, mm. you know, which everybody else was getting blown up by like 50, 80. 
So you had to like get in this in this yeah, mindset yeah. of like you're not scared. You have to perform and go. Like there is no reverse gear. No. It's just like you go go and drive and put a lock on it and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and that's how it was on Shark Tank. It was just like go. Ain't no reverse. So if you ever have that hesitancy, you, you gotta like take that out and like get rid of it. It's, you gotta kill that hesitancy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key for having that confidence and just going, just like not letting nothing suck. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like do or die. But I mean, most of the time, you yeah. die. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of like the human instinct that you have for sure of like fear, you know. So I think once you kill that fear, you straight. Mm. I love that. So for the people that didn't see the episode, and we'll link it in the description of this podcast for you guys to check out. What were, what was your intention going in? What were you seeking and what were the results of the episode? I mean, first I wanted to go out and not uh, be embarrassed, right? Okay, fair. Beat up and ate, eaten by the sharks, right? So I had to know my stuff. Um, I studied what's successful. Did it? Uh, not, hold that thought. I don't want to interrupt you. Did they ask you anything that was out the norm or that you just caught you off guard or were you prepared for everything? I, no, then there was like two or three questions that were like off guard, but mm-hmm. like I reverted back to the research that I did about successful pitches, mm-hmm. and um, you know, obviously Shark Tank has been around since I was little, so I was like, there's tons of people that have done mm-hmm. it and failed and succeeded. Um, so I studied which ones failed and succeeded, and saw what they did wrong or what they didn't do wrong. So like, you're all the interpersonal skills that you have like as, as like a person when you go out are you smiling mm. are you engaged with your hands and like are you controlling the room because there's five billionaires or millionaires up there and this one's talking to you at the same time as this one and this one's asking you another question so you have to control them mm. and just be like you go first hold on real quick <laughs> yeah no that's crazy and, and they respect that yeah. as an entrepreneur because they're like okay mm-hmm. then you got to stay doing this day mm-hmm. so when i did that because it happened mm-hmm. and i did it like, they just all started talking yeah, and you just yeah. gotta like just, yeah just like hold on hold on, hold on. yeah Go first what'd you say mm-hmm. and they're like oh, okay shows your composure he, he's a leader yeah you know he's leading us and you're yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm a bet on him so that was a, a thing like that really helped uh, going out and smiling as soon as I went up there, they were smiling. I like this kid already. Like he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Like he, he knows the platform is big and he's ready. You know, um, confident, speaking loud. Uh, they got messed up, and they helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, but nobody saw on TV. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ah, they'll cut it out. Go again. Yeah. That's what's up. But the way I came out. They, it was just immediate. They're like, oh, okay, he's ready. Mm. He's here. He's energized. He he didn't come out like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, awesome. all that stuff matters, you know? So I think that helped a lot in the pitch. Mm-hmm. So what were, like like I said, what were you seeking? Like, uh, what was the amount of money? That, yeah. 250. 250, okay. 5%. Um, and I honestly just didn't want to, you know, be beaten up by the Sharks and... Wanted to represent Brian well. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's an opportunity. Because you're on TV, whether you get something from them or not, people are going to see what you guys got going on. Yeah, so I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm pitching the Sharks. I want a deal. Um, but if I don't get a deal, 
as long as I represented Grind at Houston well on that platform, uh, I was gonna be I was gonna be happy. Yeah, right for sure. So, uh, that that was my goal, really. And, and I mean, obviously to get a great deal, but the the end goal was to represent Grind well, whether we got there or not. Yeah. So what was the deal that you guys ended up getting? So the deal on the show was, oh man. I think it was like twenty five percent for two fifty, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if, uh, I mean, it's public. But like eighty percent of deals on the show don't go through, so I can't say if ours they did or didn't go. Through. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. It's uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty okay. interesting kind of like outcome for sure. Okay, cool. So talk to us post Shark Tank. You 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 leave the show. You didn't embarrass yourself. You feel confident. Um, what what was next for you guys then? Um, it was back to back to back to the grind. <laughs> just back to where back to reality. Yeah, and, and honestly, the, it, it in the air for about a year mm. after I paid. Oh, interesting. Yeah, get back to work and get back to it. Yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder if, like, if if I'm not working for that year, you get all them customers. Like, where's the product at? Yeah, like there's definitely companies that like just fizzle out within. Wow. That. Because it didn't there, you know. Wow. So wow. it's just like you can't, can't, you know, just bet on that. Like you got to keep going, like mm-hmm. figure it up, you know. Yeah. Produce the units, like, um, you know, all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that was that was really the the focus, man, is just shipping out the two hundred orders that we had without Shark Tank mm-hmm. and just figure out how to ship those and deliver them. And wow, uh, I think that's crazy. So talk to us about, I know you got accepted, invited to Techstars, and then after that, um, you were named on the the Forbes 30 on the 30 list. Talk to us about that process and what came out of that. I know when we were talking before we had recorded, you know, you were saying it was a big deal and like just so many different resources you got from the Techstars. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, uh, Techstars felt like it was bigger than like uh, Shark Tank mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it, it, uh, I don't know if it impacted us more than Shark Tank or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But personally, um, like if I was like 21 or 22 and you were to ask me, do you want to go on Techstars or Shark Tank? I would probably chose Techstars. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because Techstars, uh, is known or wide combinator they were like known for like pushing out like massive companies like dropbox like airbnb wow. like and i that's that was the type of technology yeah. company i wanted to be um and if you look at shark tank and the massive companies that have came out of there they're not necessarily technology company mm. or like products product yeah. yeah like products um so i mean I've always wanted to be sports technology and and like inspire kids to go into engineering and software and you know, uh, you know engineer just all kinds of stuff, right? So I think that's why I was was kind of like when I actually applied to TechStars when I was like nineteen twenty and I mm. got denied. Um, I kept on pushing, and then when they came out with the sport TechStar Sports, I applied again and I got it. Do you think if you would have when you applied back then, you got accepted? You think you would have been ready for that? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No, no way. Yeah. Cause I mean, I didn't have a problem. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so yeah, man, it, I mean, to me, it's all, all in perfect timing can't be rushed. Mm. 
if you mm-hmm. rush perfect timing, it's not perfect time. Right, right. Like you'll be ahead. Right. You know, so it'd be too soon or too early. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer of that. And I feel like Techstars that 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 positioning, that time frame was like perfect because when we got into Techstars, it was right after Shark Tank. So we had a lot of good momentum. We had already produced, I think, definitely over a thousand units and shipped them. Um and I think, you know, like the wave of like Peloton and hardware mm. consumer technology products Interesting. Like up there. Yeah. Right. So we were put on that kind of level to say, hey, this is the Peloton of basketball or this is the and technology, you know, t- trends and stuff like that matter. AI mm. a huge trend right now, right? I'm sure something else that you know, Web three was a trend. Yeah, like there's definitely technology trends that happen, um, and they come back, and all kinds of stuff happens. But like, um, the consumer uh, technology hardware fitness space of like um, at home devices, mm. like a grind machine or a Peloton or a tonal or a mirror, all those things are like high priced items. Mm. They're tech enabled their um hardware their software right and we were coming in that category got you as we got into tech stars so uh so yeah man it, it was perfect time mm. it was really perfect time um and then forbes came right after tech stars mm. um uh it was it was kind of shark tank tech stars and forbes and man i cried when i got on mm. Forbes. Mm. for sure for sure getting, getting our family name yeah forbes on the 30 on the 30 list um and you said there was like devin booker was in there i mean a couple other people yeah i was in the sports category with devin booker and um jack carlo was in the the uh music and mm-hmm. don toliver mm-hmm. the music one um i was in the sports one it was just a really cool moment for me and my family to like be able to see our name in there mm-hmm. it was wild. did you did you come up here a little bit or are you still <laughs> I don't know, man. I think. No, nah, I don't think I'll, I. I didn't, yeah. I didn't go extremely high, but it I felt good, honestly. And I think this is important for people to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went like down because mm. uh, I was scared. Expectations. I don't know. I don't know. I was just kind of scared that like, like Shark Tank had just aired, and I got a lot of. Mm-hmm. a lot of uh stuff out there when shark tank happened i don't think i took advantage of it because i was kind of like oh shit like i'm not used to being here like with this many eyes on this stuff. yeah it's hard to prepare for that i mean i don't even know how you would yeah, prepare i'm not prepared for that and uh when tech starts happens it was like it was like work it was like i was ready for that i was excited um but and then when forms happen it's the same thing it's just like oh shit like mm-hmm. i've never been up here it's kind of like put your head down type, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's like where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. Like what I'm comfortable with. I don't know, but I do think that I didn't take advantage of those spotlights like I should have. How should you have taken advantage of them? I feel like I could have done like more content. I could have been like mm. going or out there more extroverted. Got you, got you. My introverted self, and just. uh I don't know, man. It was it was interesting though, just to see now looking back at how I reacted to to events and and things happening. Um, 
I wouldn't have been, I, 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 if I was to change anything, if I wouldn't change anything, it would be to not be afraid of the big moment. Mm. Like embrace them. Yeah, embrace Just it. Just as much as you embrace the struggles, like I'll embrace the shit out of struggle. Right, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I've been struggling my whole life. Yeah, I'm cool doing that. But like, I've never had success before, so I don't know how to handle that. I think mm. that was pretty interesting, and I think now that I understand that, like, you gotta embrace it just as yeah. a success. Embrace it, enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy the fruits of your labor. We work so hard mm. for so long that at some point we got to take a step back and be like, look at what we built. Yeah, look at what we done. Yeah. You know, like you said, you. You got emotional when you seen your your family's last name in there. That's huge. Yeah. You know, when your kids, when your son grows up and they see that, he'll be like, damn, like. That's crazy. My dad's him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking about family, man, transitioning a little bit about you personally, how has having a family impacted you as an entrepreneur and as an owner? I think, man, I, like, I can't, um, I can't, like, Like I have to be more disciplined mm. with my time. Time, yeah. Uh, so, like when I was younger, I could just like stay up until like eight o'clock at the at the office and or or welding, doing that, whatever. Uh, Ten o'clock, eleven, twelve, just stay up all night doing stuff, you know. But now it's kind of like, nah, I gotta just tailor my day around Jeremiah, my son, and my wife, right? So that's a big part of like how it's changed. Is like can't just. Well, I don't. I don't want to. I've never wanted to. I. I guess my biggest fear, my real fear, is not being there or working too much, mm-hmm. missing action. You know, I'm actually missing the journey. Uh, I think I heard a quote that someone said that the only people that remember how hard you worked are your kids. Really? Yeah. Not your boss, your your employees. Nobody remembers how hard you work when you get old. Only your kids, and it makes sense. Like. Yeah, my dad was always at the office, or my dad was always working. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. Yeah, and one one of my biggest fears is like not being there and embracing my son, or not being able to raise him the, the way I want to raise him. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm working, um, and I, I actually want to Im- involve him, involve him, yeah, as much as possible. I don't know if it's that's the right thing way to go, but that's kind of how I want to do it, right? That's so, for sure. Uh, so it's definitely impacted, you know, me, uh, but I think it definitely in a good way. Yeah, 100%. Um, a little bit, diving a little bit more into into yourself, what are what are like three non-negotiables for a Thomas Field for you? What are like three things that are non-negotiables? In what, though? In your personal life. It can be your personal life or business. Mm, man, non-negotiable. It can be that time with your family. I don't know, man. Non-negotiables. I'd say loyalty is a big one. Mm. Talk about it. Talk about it. Loyalty and trust. I'm real big on just being honest and open. Mm. Um, Quality relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like I'm, I'm big on just authenticity and 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 honesty and loyalty and you know you you being there and during the hard times, you know, and, and reaping the fruits of, uh, of our labor. Um, I'm, I'm huge on that. You know, I really don't like when, when, uh, you know, somebody just comes in for like moments clout. 
Yeah. 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 Like stuff like that. Uh, just, uh, yeah, it's not, I don't move that way, man. I think that's a non-negotiable. Um, I think definitely like my family time or my, just my family in general, like, uh, yeah, just like making sure the peace at home is always there. I'm really big on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the peace at grind. Mm-hmm. That's, that's important. Negotiable. It's important. Yeah, man. I know we like recently we got broken into our warehouse got broken into wow. three times wow. a week. Wow. Non-negotiable. You know, like if I see you, it's on site. Non-negotiable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Breaking our peace. Yeah. Our, it's our sanctuary right here. Sanctuary. Yeah. You know? And other, you said other young, you know what I'm saying? Athletes going there is where a place where they can be safe. Yeah. It's supposed to be safe. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So, no, I love that. Love that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's a big, those are non-negotiables in my peace at home, my peace at work. Um, and and the, that loyalty and that trust that I have with mm-hmm. you. Oh, that's, that's, I love that. Uh, we can start wrapping this thing up, but before we do, talk to us about August 12th. August talk to us about that day. What does that mean? What's going on? Hey, man. <laughs> we got that grinding day. That's crazy. Uh, so I just, yeah, we just got a proclamation in the city of Houston okay. for our, 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 our official grind day. So it's a it's a day in the city mm. that honors everybody putting their work. Mm. So that's crazy. As long as you're chasing your dreams and trying to be great and the greatest version of yourself, grind day is honoring you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's, and the way we do it is through sports and technology. But the way everybody else does it and is grinding, it's a, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're trying to be the best version of yourself and um and you're working, trying to be great and trying to make a difference, you know, for whether it's for you or your family, for the world, mm-hmm. uh, grind day is honoring you, you know what I'm saying? This is your day to like, you know, tell us about, you know, what you're working on, what you're grinding for, you know, what was your grind like? Mm-hmm. So like, that's, that's what the day is honestly honoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, grind is doing that through sports and technology and culture. And we're having, a uh, back to school event mm. at our warehouse August 12th on the 12th okay cool August 12th Saturday um, and it's really like giving, giving uh, back to school supplies for kids but there'll be stations so uh, station one will be like 3D printers and laser cutters where kids can make things wow, wow. and actually see things come to life just from their head um, station two will be uh, testing out all of our prototypes mm. whether it's a uh, jump ropes or general ladders or uh all kinds of just different prototypes like you, you know have them test them get feedback for 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 our sake and then uh station three is the grind station so you use the shooting machines we got the basketball court in the yeah. house uh they'll shoot put up some shots work out play basketball and then the last station is picking up your school supplies mm. just taking taking a little uh we got we'll have weeks out there we'll have uh drinks and all that good stuff music you know, it should be a good, mm. good fun event for back to school. Raising Kane need to pull up on you with all that work. <laughs> to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a great idea. Uh, no, I just didn't say, I mean, that's just, it's so powerful for you guys. First of all, congratulations um, on Grind Day. But it's so powerful to, to have these kids from your city see someone that looks like them be successful, um, you know, coming up with, 
creative ideas and different things that like look basketball doesn't have to be the only route like me probably it's not the only route there's other things you can do and here are some different opportunities for you that you can you know get involved with so man i think it's just so powerful love that you're doing that i love that you're inviting them into your space into your sanctuary to see like yo this is this is what's possible you can do this yeah you know what i'm saying i come from where you come from i look like y'all we can do this absolutely absolutely 100 percent, man so that's what we're trying to do man how do we inspire the youth mm-hmm. and, and get them to think outside the box even if you know inside the household you know you can't see outside that box how does grind mm-hmm. see see that there's more possibilities out there absolutely and so before we had here i always ask my guests if you guys if you can recommend one person that needs to be in the latin walk podcast as a guest who would you recommend mm, i got a few man got okay a, okay i got a few you want me to name them now i mean you can name it we can just connect afterwards it don't matter if you got a few it's good we, we, let's, let's connect afterwards four Okay, for sure. Really good. There we go. Um, with that, no, I was going to say, uh, with that being said, is there anything else that you want to tell the audience out there? Um, definitely let the people know where they can contact you, where they can, you know, website and all that. And we'll link it in the description of this podcast, but talk to the people. Yeah, man. Uh, my grind basketball, if y'all need any sports equipment, hit up groundbasketball.com. Uh, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my personal stuff is Thomas Fields on that, all the platforms. I mean, it's Instagram. I don't have TikTok. That's <laughs> right. Um, ThomasFields.co is my website. If y'all want to check out more stuff for me. Uh, but that, yeah, that's it. Man. Yeah. Appreciate y'all listening to this. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you once again. And as always, we'll catch you guys on next week's episode. Peace.